Kia ora, you're listening to Speak Out Radio. My name is Neo and I've got Lucy here with me. How are you doing, Lucy? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Great. I'm pretty good. I'm a little bit cold, but that's okay. So my name is Neo. I use he or they pronouns. Um, I'm a staff member at Inside Out as of uh, last month, um, but I've been volunteering for five years. So I've been around the block and I've been on this show before. I'm an avid book reader. I've read 80, 86 books this year and I have a wonderful colourful spreadsheet with all my sets and it has graphs with rainbows on them um, and stuff like that. Um, and as I said, I'm here with Lucy. Lucy, do you want to introduce yourself a bit? Yeah, kia ora. I'm uh, Lucy. I like reading books. I was one of those kids who used to read books all the time and then I grew up and ran out of time and I've read three books this year. So um, I feel like I'm doing just as good as um, Neo in the book reading department. <laughs> also, I use any pronouns, but mainly she, they. Yeah, books. They're good. Nice, nice. I agree, I agree. <laughs> when you do read books, um, what kind of books do you like to read? Um, I love reading fantasy books. I'm a huge, huge, huge fantasy nerd. Um, I'm obsessed with them, and I also like... Um, romance focused novels that I think are very well written and good (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing at Lucy now because we just this is our second take and the first time um they said shitty little romance novels look Um, look so I'm calling you out (laughs) I will I will stand by that they are shitty little romance novels but shitty little romance novels from the heart absolutely and shitty little romance novels don't have to be good to be good you know Mm. And they also don't mm. have to be shitty to be shitty. <laughs> I agree, I agree. Um, There's a Venn diagram that... out there, I'm sure. <laughs> um, do you want to mention the other kinds of things that you like to read? You don't have to. Oh, I don't know. I feel like I, I, I shamed myself out of speaking publicly about this. Oh, yeah? Um, no, no. I mean, I spend a lot of time reading fan fiction. And mm-hmm. it's important to not feel shame about what you read. Because Absolutely. fan fiction is a valid form of literacy I'm not sure that's quite the right word but it's a valid form of reading something mm-hmm. to read there we go I mean you know? I'm gonna admit I read fan fiction too I mean who mm-hmm. doesn't if you don't read exactly. fan fiction you're either sad or lying is that mean probably <laughs> no one get mad at us um, <laughs> oh, um, so yeah uh we're here to talk about books and reading and um little segues into representation um oh yeah what kind of books do I read um my main my main num- uh, type of books is um sci-fi um but that's mainly because I'm rereading animorphs and those are all sci-fi um uh then I think my second most read genre would be fantasy and then after that according to my graph is poetry um yeah which I was I found quite surprising when I saw that stat for myself um I didn't think I read that much poetry but apparently I do do you have a favorite poet or do you kind of just read poetry from you know the heart that's a terrible sentence I'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) no no it's okay um I sort of go all around but my new favorite poet is Ilya Kaminsky um he's a deaf Jewish, um, I think Polish immigrant, or 
can't remember what generation immigrant, but um, I recently discovered his work and I read Deaf Republic by him and it was fantastic. Um, so I want to go find more of his stuff. Mm. Mm. It's always super exciting finding finding a writer that you, really speaks to you. Eh? To find something Absolutely. that they they just capture something. I've I've on, only recently kind of discovered like poetry in the sense of like you know I'd read poems before, but I'd never really like interacted with them because I think mm. po- reading poetry is this like kind of thing of like I used to be like why would anyone just read a book of poetry? But there's definitely a sort of like sense of understanding of you know the writer that you don't don't really get as much from novels when you read someone's poetry yeah yeah a lot I mean I think all poetry is like inherently makes the author very vulnerable Mm. and I think it also makes us very vulnerable in reading with in reading it and like connecting to it yeah yeah and I think I think there's there's a lot of actually a lot of like I was like, oh yeah, poetry is just like you write a sentence and then you hit enter like every couple of words and that's a poem. And it's like it's so much more than that and so much more in depth and so much more personal. And you can write like a, a you know four sentence poem and spend hours or days rewriting that to be perfect. And I think that's something yeah. that like something that goes over a lot of people's heads. I think when they look at poetry because it is such short. Like I mean, some poetry can be really long, but in terms of like different forms of writing it's definitely a shorter form of writing and it's like a lot as much energy and effort has gone into writing poetry as you know a narrative story absolutely absolutely yeah so on the topic of um representation um what kind of representation do you look for in a in a in your reading journeys um i tend to try and read um, novels and stories that have good queer representation or have any kind of queer representation at all. Um, there's definitely areas in like the the overall rainbow representation that is super lacking when it comes to books. I think, um, but I definitely try and I've I've you know sc- scroll through the internet every time I see like a master post of like here's a must post of um, books with bisexual leads and master post of books with trans leads and all those kinds of things is as I always try and save them as like, you know, for also sharing with other people, but also so that I'm consuming what I want. You know, I think I'm at a point now where I don't enjoy consuming any kind of media if it doesn't have representation or if the representation in it is lacking. Yeah, yeah. I um, My main representations that I go for would be queer or rainbow. Um uh indigenous um and like ones with good representations of mental illness um Mm. but (laughs) there's such a large spectrum of good representation to bad representation right yeah yeah and I think another thing another thing is is it's not it's not something I I've actively looked for but something that I think needs to be more of is good disability representation because I think there is a very very significant hole in literature and in media actually of just not like people not knowing how to write disabled characters or people not putting disabled characters in these stories and and in a very you know it's, it's in a very general sense of a lot of a lot of literature just doesn't completely ignores that aspect of representation completely I think mm, absolutely yeah it's like 
It's like books are a... What's the word? Like microcosm... Mic microculture? I'm not sure. They're like a snapshot of society, right? Like, mm, yeah. It's not like it, books are going to be perfect and everything. They they do reflect the society that they're written in. So, because there's no... like Because there's not much awareness of disability or hyper-awareness of... You know, certain things, um, they they are going to be reflected in in the media and the reading and the writing that we that we consume. And I think it's our responsibility as readers to find and uplift the good stuff, and um, you know, make make aware or don't interact with the bad stuff. So we've talked about representation um, a little mm. bit. What kind of what do you think makes representation good? This is like a big question, so feel free to. Yeah, get that's a very, very big question. I think, it is. honestly, one of, to me, and I think everybody has different opinions and different ideas on what makes representation good. There's like obviously there's always a lot of conversa conversation around, you know, how people, how creators act responsibly in terms of representation. But I think the main thing with making good representation is, um listening to the demographics that you were trying to represent um, and learning and researching and also intention. And I think mm -hmm. that as long as someone has good intention behind their attempts at representation, even if it doesn't, isn't fully successful or does make mistakes, as long as they have put effort into and genuinely tried with that representation, I think it can be, it, it, is good representation even if it's not necessarily fully accurate it's it's responsible representation i suppose mm. um and as long as people and and on the back of that is if somebody genuinely has tried to create something with a representation and has received criticism on it it's the ability to listen to that criticism and improve on that criticism um, and I think that's the main thing for me with representation is it doesn't have to be perfect because I think holding those standards make it harder for people to take the leap into doing into representing, especially authors that aren't of the all the different intersections of representation. You know, if you've got a, a white cis male author who wants to write about, you know, queer people of colour, you don't want to stop them from adding queer people of colour into their stories, but you need to make sure that they understand the importance of what they're doing and make sure that they do the research and they put the work in to add these voices to his story without it being harmful or being, mm. you know, stereotypical or damaging and all that kind of stuff. I would, I would agree to a point. I think harm intention doesn't negate harm so i think if that like intention has to be paired with um effort and yes, listening absolutely. and compassion yeah i think intention alone isn't good enough to be good mm. representation but the rest of it totally agree yeah yeah no i i i agree with that i think for i in my, in my mind i'm thinking intention follows through of like if you have the intention you you do have to do the work it's not just yeah. like oh, I want to put gay people in my story, so I'm going to put gay people in my story, and that's kind of it. It's thinking about and being aware or responding to criticism when you, when you get it. I've definitely, you know, I've seen instances of authors who have created representation and put something in story, and sometimes it feels a little shoehorned in, but when they've been called out about it or questioned about it, they have interacted with that 
positively and I feel like that is that is a a move in the right direction of the way creators who aren't necessarily of the demographics interact with creating and writing characters of certain of demographics yeah yeah I really liked what you said responsible representation I think that's a really good term like Mm. um like acknowledging the I think included and responsible um representation would be acknowledging the history of bad representation absolutely um, acknowledging the harm that bad representation can do acknowledging the importance of good representation and then actually like we said following through making the effort all that sort yeah. of stuff do you have any examples of good representation that you've read from novels um off the top of my head i can't think of anything from general novels that I've read that aren't specific specifically like here's a story here's like a queer story you know um Mm. that I've sought out because I think like um from books I can't think of anything which isn't great um (laughs) I think yeah because I mean I'm thinking of books like uh, one of the uh, I mentioned before, you know, someone uh, of a book series that put in representation that kind of felt a bit shoehorned in and that kind of thing, and that was the Skydiary Pleasant series, where okay. the, um, spoilers, but the main character is bisexual, but it takes, like, nine books, and I think that definitely was the author, like, looking at the reaction and also realising that a lot of their fan base was and is um, Rainbow. I think that actually happens a lot, is... A majority of large fan bases or very active fan bases do end up being part of the rainbow community or, you know, um, but it was, it, it, uh, it did have a lot of criticism because the kind of, it was a, it was an off screen getting into a relationship with a woman kind of situation and then she just had a girlfriend all of a sudden and it was just kind of, it was, it was representation, it was an attempt at representation, but I think that. I was supposed to talk about good representation. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, so it was in 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 the sense of in the sense of I think that's the like the the intention not completely matching up with what ended up being out there. And I definitely think it is it is good and this this series does have a lot of representation. But I definitely mm-hmm. think being written by a straight cis man there is always going to be room for improvement because absolutely yeah you, you it, it's very difficult to get right the first time especially because a lot of people have a lot of opinions on what is and isn't good representation right yeah 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 can you you come up with good representation i just gave a <laughs> mediocre representation example i'm actually i'm actually going to be um do the opposite of the question that i asked um and say that I bad representation. This mm. is actually the the reason that I made a Goodreads account was to review this book. <laughs> and it was The Art of Being Normal, and I can't recall who it's by. But man, was it some shitty trans representation. Oh, no. It had, like, stereotypes. It had misgendering. Um, there was a plot twist that was transphobic in many ways. It was just awful. Mm. Um, and that, to this day, is my most popular... Um, review on Goodreads. <laughs> um, so every so often I get a notification that it's been liked again or that someone's commented. Um, also, I have to say, I also lied. My second most read um, 
genre is non-fiction. Oh, interesting. So it's 37.2% sci-fi and then 22.1% non-fiction. What kind of non-fiction? That's a very, very, very broad genre. It is, it is. Um, that You, you are correct. Um, <laughs> there's... There's been a couple of... There's one that was um, a series of essays by disabled people. Um, Love that. One that was... This is a very good book. Collaborative and Indigenous Mental Health Therapy. Mm. Um, which was amazing. Um, there's been a couple of uh, history books. History, sociology kind of. Um, one about pronouns, one about eels. Oh, classic, classic. Yeah, the yeah. two genders. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're so correct. Um, <laughs> there was a couple of Jewish ones, a couple of religion ones. Um, sorry, I did find my um, my spreadsheet. Um, one about Maori methods of learning and teaching. Um, and then one about... Um, Celebrating fatness and body positivity. Yeah, just all sorts. That's awesome, yeah. I've got so many non-fiction books that I'm like, oh, I need to read, you know. I'm going to set some time aside and do some self-improvement, you know, learn learn about yeah. stuff. And then I'll start reading them and then I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm not emotionally prepared to, um, to be a better person today. <laughs> not today, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I... I really, I do enjoy nonfiction, but it takes me a lot longer to read. Yeah, fiction. I think with nonfiction, there is a, a certain level of absorbing information that you don't really get in fiction. You know, when you're reading a fiction book, it's you know, it's a story, it's an adventure. You don't need to. We don't have to remember things you read in nonfiction either. But most of the time, you're reading it to absorb something instead of to experience something. And I think that yeah. definitely is a, is a whole different ballpark of thing of reading. I agree. I think, I think it's a very different approach, like you're mm. saying, to nonfiction and fiction. Um, so you mentioned in our little mishap recording that you're into Animorphs. I want to talk about Animorphs now. Yes. I have to say, though, I have to be honest, yes. I've not read Animorphs in a very, very long time. And, like, one of the only things I remember from it is there's, like, an under, there's like an underwater military base at some point, I think. And there's a guy who's a hawk. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, I, I, did, I did bring up Animorphs because I want to highlight something that the author did very well. Um was people recently or like on Twitter and stuff have been asking her have been sort of telling her about the representation that they see in the series um like they like one of the characters um flirts with guys um and another one is a trans allegory in a lot of ways that's the one that gets stuck as a hawk um mm. and the author reacted ka applegate um reacted not by pulling a jk rowling um but by are we allowed to say like, that name <laughs> <laughs> yeah true is it banned do we have to ble- do we have to bleep that out yeah, yeah we'll, um, we'll, be- we'll bleep that <laughs> we will <laughs> um yeah the author reacted not by claiming that that character was you know meant to be written that way and was like um 
she cl- she was like, I can't remember the exact words, but she was like, um, I love that you're finding this representation. Um, the characters weren't written that way, but if I did it over, I would absolutely write it that way, and I really love that you are seeing this representation. And I'm sorry that we didn't do more to represent Rainbowness um, when we were writing them, because they were written in the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that was just such a really, really good way to respond. Yeah, that is so, so nice. I think when when creators see people taking, not control, ta- taking, what's the word? I'm not sure. Solace? Turning to, yeah, taking solace in their work and it's, it's finding, finding representation even where there isn't necessarily some instead of taking that representation away by denying or saying, oh, well, that's not what it was, is... is letting is giving people permission which they don't need but I think it's always is is a really great comfort knowing that the creator of this thing that you've really you know um imprinted upon is saying your view of this is just as valid as my writing my intentions of it as well Mm, I think that that is a really good space for creators to be in because a lot of people take work and turn it into their own and and find their own interpretations of it and all those kinds of things. And there are lots of instances of authors who really don't like that. And um, and then that's, you know, that creates a, a, a difficult situation for people who really do enjoy, you know, make, finding their own interpretations. Because I think yeah. the whole thing about reading and consuming any kind of thing is what you see in it and what of yourself you see in it and what you can interpret out of something like that. And when creators stop you from being able to do that or criticize you from doing that, I think that that is a very, you know, I think that's a very sad thing that happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Some good insights. Um, what is some, I'm, I've, we've talked about, bad representation i want to talk about good representation let me check through my my spreadsheet (laughs) um i know i want to talk about amazing representation this is how you lose the time war by amal al amal al motar and max gladstone it was it's a um novella um about two women from different sides of the time war and they're like different species and it's oh it's so good it's written in i can never pronounce this word epistolary epistolaric i have no idea how to pronounce that word Um, either yeah um it's written in mostly in letters between them and man is it lovely um my favorite thing about this book or one of the things that i really enjoy is that there's no homophobia yes it's just not a thing and i very much enjoy that because sometimes you need like the 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 narratives of you know depression and homophobia and stuff have their place because it can be really validating to see your own experiences in that but also I think there needs to be media like this one that I'm talking about where the conflict isn't based around these things that people have to deal with every day mm. Yeah, yeah. Because lots of people go for reading for an escape, right? And I don't yeah. want to spend my escape time reading depressing stuff about things that I'm already experiencing, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that I think that a lot of I think when you're talking about good and bad representation, I think that there is this kind of line where representation where some representation can be counted as good, like it's a very authentic, very genuine account of things that happen in real life, but it's not necessarily something that people enjoy reading because it is just reliving real life trauma in a narrative in a fictional space which isn't always the most comforting thing and I think a lot of people can enjoy that but I think there is also that is also a very kind of when you're looking at the the question of good and bad representation it is also I think there's the kind of subcategories of like good good positive representation and good realistic representation and good health like safe representation I think there's all these different kind of niches and some people would read something that is like about a world that's horrifically homophobic and be like this is bad representation but it's still it still is you know telling the story about someone's it's it's always someone's genuine story you know there's Mm. in those situations someone could definitely relate to that and that's you know helping seeing characters go through that also can be comforting for people as well yeah I also think there needs to be more room for people who are um part of minority groups talking about their negative experiences and like Mm. um because a lot of the time this realistic stuff does get shot down because it's too upsetting or it's Mm. quote-unquote unrealistic um when it is just people talking about their own experiences so I think there needs to be both room for um good representation that is both that there is realistic and that there's also not based on homophobia transphobia biphobia yeah yeah absolutely and i think another kind of prong of that is the discuss when you're talking about good and bad representation is a lot of people are really quick to call representation that has that is got a lot of stereotypes in it bad representation and i think that 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 is also um this kind of double-edged sword space of stereotypes there are a lot of stereotypes that are incredibly harmful to all different kinds of communities and reiterating them through a book especially a book that gets like widely popularized and people read them and kind of you know think oh yeah so this is what this is what x is like then it's it can be you know it can be harmful to a community but at the same time a lot of people a lot of like most stereotypes are rooted in things in reality and I think if people are writing a character who is kind of who does fit a stereotype there's definitely a lot more you need to be a bit more um what's the word you need to analyze the stereotype I think a bit bit more than being like oh this is a you know like a very classic one is you know the flamboyant gay man which is you know that Mm. is you know I think we all know a gay man who is kind of does perpetrate aspects of that and you know that doesn't make them not a real person and Mm. I think kind of trying to like look at stereotypes and where they have their place and also thinking about how they fit into a wider narrative of like understanding how they can be harmful but also they aren't they shouldn't be completely avoided at the same time yeah I I think it you're right does depend on the stereotype (laughs) yes Um, yes oh yeah yeah, 100 percent. there are there are one there are absolutely stereotypes which just which are just always going to be negative and always going to be harmful yeah yeah and also I think you know because I mean there are people who actually who 
quote-unquote are stereotypes like Mm. those people exist like you said lots of stereotypes have a basis in reality Mm. um and yeah i think if if a stereotypical character experience is being written by a non-person of that community Mm. there should be like another character who is also diverse that is not fitting stereotypes i think yeah yeah, I, like I completely agree. There has to be diversity agree. in representation. Yeah, and I think this thing is, is when you have, yeah, when you have a character who does, who, who fits into a stereotype and they're the only character from, they're the only kind of diversity in that whole story, then it's pretty easy to tell that this author is only putting in that character as their token character to be like, yeah, my story is diverse because they there is no heart and no thought put into this character. It's going, okay, what is the easiest, most simple way I can make this character this demographic? I will just make mm-hmm. them, you know, like here is here is a checklist. I'll just tick everything on that. Okay, fantastic. Uh, that's done. I'm a I'm a good story story writer. Yeah. <laughs> going back, that's not at all responsible representation. No, definitely not. I, I think, yeah. really love that term, by the way. I'm latching onto that. I'm bringing I'm it glad. I'm glad, yeah. <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to mention was um, I think a lot of the time, like, rainbow people, anyone of any... I've seen it a lot in rainbow people, so that's what I'm going to talk about, is not acknowledging other forms of diversity in yes. representation. Like, um, yeah. rainbow people... Um, dissing representation that is that has characters of color, but not rainbow mm. people because it doesn't have rainbow. Yeah, experiences yeah. in it, like um, not seeing it as diverse enough. When in reality, it could be like it's really that's really important for other um minority groups. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's a that's a huge thing. Is is a lot of people kind of tend to only focus on the. Uh, minority groups that they are a part of and Mm. they go I want to see representation in this and there isn't that kind of solidarity of everybody of every intersection of every different demographic and minorities and minority of looking and supporting and making sure that everybody's lack of representation is covered because it isn't just about rainbow communities Mm. it is about everybody working together you know I think that sticking together and looking at making sure everybody gets to see a form of themselves on screen and in books and in media and in any kind of in any space really and being able to see that is super important so yeah when you've got when you've got books and stories with um with people of color in them but no queer representation that doesn't make it a different a, a bad form of representation it is it is a different group of people who are getting to see themselves and like of course it would be great if everything was always diverse all of the time Mm. um but also you know it it is it's not that easy as well to you know like at what point does it become you've got a list of every single demographic every single minority group every single kind of piece that you need to represent and you're trying to put them all into one space that becomes a very crowded space and you don't get to put the energy into exploring this one identity or this one aspect of being Mm. a person if you're trying to shove it all into you know a book's only so many pages long right (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like you can't do them all justice right yeah yeah and like you can't give them all the space that they need 
Yeah, yeah. What do you think good representation does? Like, what what do you think the effects of good representation are? Um, I think there are lots of things that good representation can do. I think that for people who... Um, it helps people understand themselves. Mm. I think that if you see someone... And I think there's, there's a really... One thing that I've really noticed is talking to... Um, other rainbow people and um and is that a lot of the stuff that you go through in your youth or you go through growing up or just in general in general life there's a lot of like thoughts and feelings and emotions that you go like oh you know everybody feels this way and because you've never had anyone kind of lay it out for you that like oh yeah um if you've got a crush on a woman you probably need to think about that you may be a little bit into woman kind of situation where it's just like, oh, I thought, you know, everybody did that kind of thing. Mm. I've definitely, I, I definitely talked to a lot of um, sapphic women who thought it was just very normal to have these kinds of feelings. And I think so mm. when you have it representation, you have someone being like, oh, yes, these thoughts and feelings, you start going, oh, okay, I see. <laughs> and I think that that is like the biggest thing about representation is, is, helping you understand yourself and then also just being able to see yourself you're like oh that's me that's me that's that's all the different intersections of who I am and that's just really cool and exciting because you know then you can be like oh I could play that person in the in the film adaptation of this novel (laughs) that's what I've always done I'm like ooh, (laughs) ooh, (laughs) a role for me (laughs) nice nice yeah it's funny I'm just thinking back to the first rainbow book or book was rainbow representation that I remember reading. It was called, I think it was like The Geography Club. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You're, you're familiar? Mm. I think I don't so, recall, yeah. I don't recall much because I, I was quite young when I read it. Um, but I remember finding it at a secondhand shop because my mother loves secondhand shops, so I always got dragged along. Um, and I remember looking at the back and I was like, huh this sounds interesting, and then I read it, and I was kind of, like, scared of it, because I think it it reached out to something in me that I hadn't realised yet, Mm. Um, and I think that that's, like, a, I think that's important, because books, media, they, they cause you to confront things, right? Mm, Absolutely. Like, um, Like, if, yeah, I just think that that's a really that's a really important part of reading and development and childhood is being confronted with things that you I don't know I don't really know where I'm going here do you no, have any thoughts on this yeah no I get what you mean I think is that what you're saying is is seeing other people experience things kind of makes you look at your own experiences or validates your own experiences mm. right is is having other having witnessing or reading other people having experiences become part of you understanding or reflecting on your own experiences because it's easier mm. to look at somebody else and understand that somebody else and then turning it around and applying that to yourself or looking inwards or having that looking at something and feeling that it is a reflection of you right yeah yeah I also think not just for like rainbow kids but like even um non-rainbow kids reading representation and realizing that these are experiences people have um it's like getting a little bit of empathy seeing from Mm. a rainbow person's viewpoint like um for people not of a minority group 
um, or that specific minority group reading or consuming stuff that has someone of that group in it is like really good because again it's confronting because it might um, get you to re-examine biases, um, re-examine what you've been taught um, and I think representation is a really important way of decreasing homophobia, transphobia, racism because it forces it forces people to humanize what they may have up until that point just dehumanized the whole time yeah. in their head. Yeah, absolutely, and it is also a part of normalizing that all mm, that kind of exactly. things. Is the more yeah. you are exposed to people who are different, people who are look different, think different, act different to you, and have different values and thoughts and beliefs and different, you know just people who are different and the more you experience that the more you realize that the world is so huge and so diverse and so different and it is everything in life is about bringing that together and acknowledging and understanding those differences and how we can bring it together to become a stronger group of people overall absolutely absolutely yeah because you can't you you it's i think a good representation helps people understand whether it's understand themselves or understand other people i think yeah. it's where you where you've where you've succeeded with good, making good representation is where you've succeeded in helping someone understand e- even just a little bit what it's like to be different to who they are mm. and that's that's where the um the positive but realistic representation comes back right mm. Yeah, because not just it's not just um, a way for rainbow people to experience, or to re- you know relate, but it's also a way for non-rainbow people, um, or people not of that minority group to see a little bit what it's like. To be like, oh, okay, like take a step back and be like, I didn't realize it was like that. Yeah, absolutely. Understanding how like, and I think it's also under- getting giving being given different context to situations that they themselves might be putting other people in as well, mm-hmm. I think is quite important is, is you get, you recontextualize in a, in a less confronting way and it, it helps people understand things better. Like I feel like if people are kind of like, you know, they are homophobic and then they read something and it is somebody experiencing homophobia, but it, it's the protagonist of a, of a story and they're experiencing this this negative thing, but you're rooting for them, it reframes it in this kind of like, in a different space, which allows you to look at it from not yourself and then, you know, understanding that. Does that make sense at all? I feel like I just yeah, went in a does. really big spiral. Totally. But yeah. No, we love it. We love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> um... Something, yeah, yeah, no, everything, yep, I'm loving this conversation, this is so good. <laughs> um, I was just looking at my spreadsheet and I saw this um, quote, because every, every book I read, I wrote my favourite quote down, and I want to talk about, like, genuinely my one of my favourite quotes from any of the books I've read this year. It yeah. was, um, I'm going to see if I can find the whole one, actually. Should I fill the void? Um, Do it. I support you. Um, ha- have you heard about um, trees? There's lots of them mm. in the world. 
<laughs> and um, they're really great. They produce oxygen. And um, do they? Wait, do they? Yes. <laughs> and they breathe, they breathe in CO2, which we breathe out. So trees are great. Plant some trees. <laughs> I've found it. So how long do I keep you going for? Like, do I, make I you think I'm going? good. I think I filled the boy. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, okay, this is the quote. It's from An Unkindness of Ghosts by Rivers Solomon. You are an anomaly of a man, she said. Perhaps because I'm not a man at all. He sat closer now. The sheets wrinkled as he scooted himself towards her. I, you gender malcontent, you otherling, she said. Me too. I am a boy and a girl and a witch all wrapped up into one very strange, flimsy, indecisive body. Do you think my body couldn't decide what it wanted to be? I think it doesn't matter at all because we get to decide what our bodies are or are not, he answered. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. Yeah, this book was really good. It had queer, non-binary, intersex, trans, gender non-conforming, autistic... Um, and black representation um, and it was written by a non-binary black um, person which that's awesome amazing. that's it was fantastic such a, if, you, if you are reading it be careful it's got a lot of really brutal um, heavy stuff so uh, I know that Elizabeth Turnbull has um, some trigger warnings for it on Goodreads um, but man is it good Sorry, I just took away from our beautiful conversation. But <laughs> no, no, I, I was, I was just thinking about about how people can write such beautiful things and about you know we've been talking a lot about representation, but I think also focusing on reading and consuming content made by those demographics mm. is kind of the next step we go towards. Is because you know we can ask we can ask people who aren't aren't queer to write stories about us or you know aren't people of color to write stories about us but at the end of the day we do want to be writing our own stories and we mm. want to we want to encourage and push forward more of um us writing our own stories and Absolutely. letting those voices be heard and and you know and creating and and giving giving space to creators so as as you know like if you want to write a story about about something you know but it's giving space to creators of color or queer creators or you know creators who have a disability who want to write about characters of their disability is those are the books we should be looking to first those are the mm-hmm. stories that we should be looking to mm-hmm. first the people created by the people who put themselves into it Absolutely. um yeah, and I realise we've been talking for all this time and we haven't even talked about um, the Promised Land series. Which oh my is gosh, you're right. Like, peak good queer representation for children. Yeah. You know, queer children's representation is such an important part of representation. Mm-hmm. There's three featuring, one featuring an MLM relationship, one featuring a sapphic relationship, and one about a trans woman. Mm-hmm. And I, um, my only other speak out, thing I've done is talking about Promised Land so <laughs> I was like I can't believe I've gone all this time without talking around. about Promised Land and that's that that is written by um by queer people it's written by people from the rainbow community mm. and mm-hmm. you know the one about the trans woman is co-written by a trans author who is um incredible and you know it's written by it's it's such that's just such the main thing about representation is letting everybody see it and so being able to create a children's picture book which just like 
puts in very, very simple terms just this is an identity that you can have and look at these people being happy in that identity. And also going on adventures. There's pirates, you know? There's nothing yeah, better than gay like, pirates. The queer stuff isn't the main focus. It's just a part of the story. No. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that is so special, I think. It's, it's yeah. such an important thing is, is helping, is giving the space for kids to understand. I think that's something I've noticed a lot recently is a lot of people a lot younger are coming to terms or thinking and considering different identities for themselves and I think that it, yeah. that is really important and I think that for young people even if they don't settle on the identity that they're kind of s- discovering when they're young you know it's still helping pe- it helps break down the barriers between uh, genders and sexual orientations and all that kind of stuff as mm-hmm. you know it, it, and it also for people who do who do kind of find an identity that they they really like it gives them better opportunities to absorb and kind of like fully realize their identity from a much younger age which is a really really good space to be in I think because you know the more time you get to experience being the identity that you feel is you know right for you is is the more the the better and safer your your mind is right absolutely um like Having a secureness and safety in your identity can be such a positive source for, like, well-being. Mm, yeah. Like, it's and not always a negative thing, right? No, and, and having, and, and for mental health and just having this, having something that you can sit in and understand is so important and, to, and giving, creating resources for people to be able to search, search and figure out these things from when they're younger is so, so important. Mm. You know what we also have neglected to mention? What? The fabulous out-on-the-shelves resource that Inside Out makes. Oh, yeah, no, we've spent a lot of time getting getting well acquainted <laughs> with this resource, haven't we? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I feel like I'm going to be fired now for not mentioning it. <laughs> it's all right, it's um, all right. We'll just cut this bit out and put it at the beginning. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, we'll get on that. Um, so for anyone who's not familiar, our um, Inside Out creates a resource called Out on the Shelves, um, which connects young rainbow um, people with the books that represent them. Um, we have, like, lists of rainbow, um, rainbow books. Um, we have, we have them separated into different categories. We have, that you can, um, you know, filter. So we have, like, children's, we have lesbian, we have gay, we have bi, pan, ace, arrow, trans, non-binary, takatapui, um, uh, intersectionality with faith. And there might be a couple of others that I'm misremembering. Um, yeah, and anyway, we it's like a big resource and we have a two-week campaign period in July. Um, so that went by a couple months ago, but it's annual. And it's just a really great way to connect young people with the books and media that represents them. I think it's a really important resource. Yeah, yeah. I mean, having having a platform for people to be able to find the stuff you know we've been talking all about good representation and representation and all that kind of stuff but being able to find it as well it's yeah. not always that easy especially you know with trying to find things that fit exactly what you're looking for so having an actual thing that's already existing online for you to search and it's also because it's New Zealand focused it's you can find the stuff yeah from in New Zealand as well which is really really good yeah and um 
we we have bookmarks with um for each of those categories that I mentioned they're double-sided um with different books on the front and back um and so there's like a few titles and authors by with that sort of representation and you can still order those now so if you go to insideout.org.nz um, and go to events no out on the shelves.insideout.org.nz um, and you can order some bookmarks from us um you know, whether that's personal or you want it for your library or your school. Um, and then during that time, we also have a rainbow writing competition. Um, the results of which just came out. And man, are there some good pieces. So if you're interested in reading some writing from Rainbow Rangatahi from New Zealand, um, go on to outonthelves.insideout.org.nz and take a look at all the fabulous um, entries that are up. I think they're going up this week. Um yeah, I was actually lucky enough to get to read all of the entries and it was so, so, so cool and so awesome to read all of the different um, stories that people sent in and, and all of the, it was, there was so much beautiful poetry and so many beautiful stories and like, um, they were all love letters, even if some of them, you know, the experiences weren't as, you know, weren't you know, nice, because it's not always easy being uh, young and queer, but they were all love letters to being queer and love letters to being um, young, and it was so nice. And I think that that is the most important and most beautiful thing about writing is sharing experiences and having other people be able to read those experiences and and relate to them and feel connected to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're coming up on just about time here, so are there any last things you want to mention about representation and reading and stuff like that? Um, not really. I think the one thing is, is I think everybody has their own views and opinions on representation. I think that mm. it's important to acknowledge that, you know, um, not everything we've said today is necessarily like, you know, it it might not be things that people agree with or things that people have stuff to say about. And I just, like, I think it's important to recognise that it... Important to recognise that it is such a broad topic and such a range... Like, there's so many different things you can think and talk on it. So we've definitely not covered or touched on everything we could have today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, thanks, for, thanks for the disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, if, if anyone has any, if they disagree with us, if they uh, agree with us, feel free to in, um, email us at speakout at insideout.org.nz. Um, yeah, so thank you very much, Lucy, for joining me today. Um, I've well, thank you for having me. Chatting with you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, um, thank you everyone for listening. Um, we'll be back in a month, approximately, um, for another episode, and I'm excited to see how that one goes. Um, so you've been listening to Speak Out Radio. Um, find us anywhere you find podcasts. Um, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple um, Apple Music. Um, probably some other places that I can't quite recall right now. Um, yeah, and thank you very much for listening. I hope you all stay safe, healthy, and warm. Um, ka kite! These are my hands. These are